With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
download the show again and see exactly what they were saying and what we were saying. Like I said last week, I am a Mr. Boring. No. Proud of it. <laughs> Proud of it. Well, ladies, we, we're always seeking for Mr. Boring, it, it, although Mr. Excitement seems to fall in many of our laps. And so that kind of leads into what we're talking about today, like when oh, that yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, um, basically, we were talking about, are you my help or hindrance? Am I in my own way? Well, what's really going on? Throughout a lifetime, people experience different trials and tribulations. They can either help you become successful or prevent you from accomplishing your goals. These things consist of parents, friends, coworkers, your community, your schoolwork, or even your own choices. Who is influencing your destiny? You or the people around you? These are some of the things we're going to talk about today. So, I know everybody that's listening to us right now has dealt with people. Or, you may have just looked at yourself and like, am I really accomplishing the things that I want to accomplish in life? Am I in my own way? You know, am I my own hinderer? Or, is it the people around you? I know a lot of us, we've dealt with family, we dealt with friends, we dealt with the whole gamut of things that would prevent us from taking it to the next level. But these are some of the things we're going to get into after our first break. Right now, Jen, yeah. what is going on with your president? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm really like concerned. Like, you know, about especially like next year when we start, like, you know, going out and he's making some. I will admit, like, you know, everybody knows I love President Obama, right. but I, I'm not agreeing with some of the stuff that is going on in Washington right now and some of the choices that you know he's making even though I kind of I agree with his you know um his like um uh, college football picks I agree mm-hmm. with those but <laughs> besides that <laughs> actually basketball oh yeah basketball I'm sorry basketball <laughs> yeah, it's all good. but like I agree with those but like um I, I don't agree with what's happening in Libya right um, I'm really concerned about Libya. We, as America, in my opinion, we do not need to enter any more wars. It's like, no, we need to stay away from the war zones. Yeah, he's talking about, I mean, I was disappointed when I saw that they are talking about involving us in this particular situation. Gaddafi, I mean, all these years since I've been living on this earth, I remember this dude. You know what I mean? He's nuts. He's been nuts. There's nothing new with him. I mean, I'm saying, they, I mean, they... If they didn't have this type of effect when they were dealing with the president of Egypt, you know, they were like, hey, you either stay or you go, it's all on your people. Soon as Gaddafi did something, hey, man, we're going to come over there, we're going to drop bombs on you. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. But my thing is, it is that, like Egypt, Egypt wanted to liberate themselves. So Egypt right. took it upon itself to do that. You cannot involve yourself in another country's revolution. True. People are in charge of their own revolution. You know, this isn't somewhere like this isn't, you know, I think it's horrific what's going on over there. But I don't think it's to the point where we need, it's not, you know, Germany, you know, and and it's not the Holocaust. You know, so I don't think that we need to step in in any kind of way. Let them run their own revolution. Yeah, I I, I totally agree because what's going to happen is, I mean, we we so spread thin right now. I mean, it's gonna put us in a bigger, bigger deficit as far as dealing with these people we already owe money to. It's gonna put us in a situation where you know you got more people dying, and I mean it's very unnecessary. 
Yeah. Very unnecessary. But 2012, I don't this. know what we're going to do for our man Barack Obama. I don't know if he's going to make it. I don't know if he's going to make it. We're probably going to have Jermaine, uh, not Jermaine Dupree. Uh, <laughs> what's that little short joke? <laughs> no, like Donald Trump is... Donald Trump's probably going to be our next president. He's running. Oh, God. The hair piece. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine that? Donald I, just, I, I watched the show the other night on Greed. And uh-huh. it's just like, Greed has consumed our nation so much. And even so, even during this, like, like even the economy in its devastated state, we're still in a state of greed where you have these billionaires and millionaires still making all of this money and no one holds themselves accountable. And it's just, we're not going to get better as a country until we right. fix our greed problem. Exactly. We need to have a show on greed. Yeah, we, we definitely need to do that because this is a greedy, greedy, greedy country we're living in right now. But... Let's talk about this today. I, I know America could be its own help or its own hinderer. You know, are we in our own way? And today we're talking about experiences people go through, different trials and tribulations. You know, the things that either can help you become who you are to be successful or prevent you from accomplishing your goals. Some of the things could be your parents, coworkers, your community, you know, many of various things. We're going to get into this conversation right after this break. If you're listening to us for the first time, hey, thank you very much. This is the Middleman Talk Show. Like I said, today we will be without our co-host, Alan. He's with some distinguished gentlemen, and uh, we wait for him to come back. We can't wait for our buddy to come back. Uh, we do have our man, Nick Eaton, on the line. What's going on with you, yeah, Nick? Yes, sir. Hey, what's up? Thank you so much, man. Uh, those swollen here, working out. Listening to the exchange. Well, well, I know. You're probably over there tired, huffing and puffing, trying to get your 50 cent on. No, I ain't trying to get my fifty cent on, man. I had to get my uh, I had, I had to get my role model good parenting on. Okay, well, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Well, to all our new listeners, we do have a music break. We want you to stay on the phone line, stay on the web, listen to us. If you have a comment, you could dial seven one eight five zero eight nine nine seven two. We are having some difficulties with uh, the web chat. We're trying to work this web chat out. It's not coming up right now, so uh, hopefully we'll have that up. Uh, soon, and uh, if you guys want to get on that little web chat, you can definitely get over there and talk on that. But uh, for now, we're going to go into our first record of the day, and uh, as soon as we get past this record right here, we're going to go directly into our conversation. We are talking today about Am I in my own way? Are you my help or my hinderer? You listen to the Middleman Talk Show today, live on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, we're about to go live, y'all. This is what it is. Blog Talk Radio, Friends TLC.
man, DLC, uh, what about your friends, man? Are y'all are y'all digging that record still today? I'm still, I'm over here jamming. Yeah. I love TLC. I know. I, I miss them. them. I do too. Jess start coloring her hair while uh, we were on break. <laughs> Put a couple of streaks in, a couple of blues, a couple of reds. Yeah. Well, if you just tuned in to the Middleman Talk Show today, we are talking about are you my help or my hinderer? Am I in my own way? In the description for the show today, we say throughout a lifetime, people experience different trials and tribulations. They can either help you become successful or prevent you from accomplishing your goals. These things can consist of parents, friends, co-workers, your community, schools, or even your own choices. Who is influencing your destiny? You or the people around you? Man, that's a deep thought right there. Y'all really think about that right there. You know what I'm saying? So the first thing we're going to get into, you know, some of the things that basically hinder you, or is it of your own fault? We're going to talk about, let's say, the kids we have out here, or the parents. Let's, let's go to the parents first. Because, I mean, there's a lot of shows out here on Blog Talk Radio that are very good, and I like Platinum Queen West. They uh, talk about a lot of issues with kids and parenting. Um, and you just said you just dealt with a situation yourself, uh, Nick, parenting. Um, probably going to rock there some kids. I know you. But <laughs> are some of these parents the fault of these kids? You know, are they at fault because some of these kids are not reaching their full potential? What do you guys feel about that? I think that um, with kids up until a certain point, it's just, it's, it's like I said before, you know, parents can only do so much and try their best to steer you in the right direction, but ultimately you make the decision. Right. You know, I, I definitely think that a, a good 80% of it up until you're an adult and then all of it's on you, yeah, 80% of it is still based on the decisions that you make. You know, you I try to take responsibility for things that I make. You know, something goes wrong, you know, whatever elements contributed to going wrong, in my eyes, it's still my fault because I right. A, put myself in that position. B, if I saw that it wasn't going right, I didn't change the course of action that I was taking. So it's still my fault, you know. Right. So I definitely think it's a situation of you being in your own way. You have to make that. Ultimately, nobody's going to look back and say, oh, because of this person that was your friend when you were 15 or this person that, that was your co-worker when you were 22 and because of this person and your parent, this, this is the reason that you didn't succeed. They're just going to be like, no, you didn't succeed. You're At the end so. of the day, you have to atone for what you've done. Well, I mean, Nick, some parents, man, I mean, they do everything they can, put the kids in football, baseball, basketball. I mean, they put them in so many activities that these kids, you know, they try to try to drown them with activities. So, basically, they will be able to not get caught up in the streets and, and, and basically make better choices. Now, I agree, you, you are... As he in love, you have to have self-accountability when you deal with a lot of things, and I do totally agree with that. But I think, what, well, before I even say this, at what age do y'all think a parent uh, are not liable for the decisions that their, their kids make? What do you guys say? What, at what age, at what 
age do you feel like they're not uh, accountable for the kids anymore? It just depends. I, I think every every child is different. Like some kids mature yeah. earlier. It's it just it's. It's based, like, on an individual basis. I don't think that there's, like, a black and white line where you say mm-hmm. you turn, you know, 15 and you're accountable because it depends on how you've raised that child and right. what have you instilled in that child and the rules and, and life lessons that you've taught the child. Well, you know, as the Bible say, once a child gets 13, they're responsible for themselves. That's what the Bible says. I'm just going... From a, a, a biblical standpoint, I understand what you're saying because kids do mature at a different age. You know, you got some that can mature early, some that can mature a little bit later. Um, well, man, that's kind of a bland answer which I gave it, but in my opinion, I feel like once a child starts making certain decisions in their life, as far as you know, I'm going to hang out with my friends all the time instead of being more concerned about my homework. Or, you know, just doing wild out things. And I know with puberty, a lot of ignorance do come with that age. But when a child gets to a certain point in their life as far as making those type decisions that they know that will affect them, that's when I think they're more accountable. And I think that parents shouldn't be held as responsible as that parent would. I mean, as that child should be, you know. That's just my opinion. And... and I agree. Uh, going back to what you were saying in terms of, of, of a biblical sense, you, mm-hmm. you also have to look at how times have changed. You know, th- then and even up until, you know, the, the the 50s and the 60s. You know, in your teens, if you were a boy, you were considered, you know, you were a man. You out there, The moment you were able to go out and work, mm-hmm. that's when you were responsible for your decisions. True. Oh, it just is what it is. You had people that were married at 14 and 15 years old. It just, it, it, it was what it was. Right. I think, I, I definitely agree with Jen from the aspect of you have to instill things in your children. But we've all seen cases where you can have four kids and they all grow up in the same house. They're taught the same thing. They're raised the exact same way. Three of them will go one way and one will go completely left. True. It happened in my household. You know, our older cousin. Who was, you know, she was the oldest and, and quite frankly was a walking book. One of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, but right. she chose to go another direction. She chose to, you would think if you met her that she had no type of home training mm. at all. So, I mean, ultimately it is that child's responsibility. You know, because we have also seen situations where you have children pretty much running the household. True that, true that. <laughs> I mean, that's a rarity, though, now, Nick. I mean, you got some people, they, they, I mean, it's, it's not a rarity. It's, it's the times. Like you said, it's a sign of the times. Cause I've it's seen not as rare as you think, though. You think about how many parents or how many single parents might be out there, and you got so many single parents in there, they're strung out, and you got the kid that's just like, oh, gosh, I got to make sure that mama gets in the bed or that daddy gets in the bed. The dad is a drunk and the mama's a dope teen or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not as rare as people think. You know, true that, true that, true it that. Really is. But what are some of the things that you guys think are hindrance when it comes to, uh, you know, dealing with dealing with your parents and 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 let's let's I mean we can even say I mentioned friends also in that conversation because you know as a, as a kid you know we're talking about the adolescence years, um, 
some children, you know, peer pressure is a mug to them, man. You know, yeah. I, I sometimes, man, it hurts my heart to look at some of these kids that make the decisions that they make and end up in prison. You know what I'm saying? When they end up in prison, it could be because of choices that they made or, you know, things they were pressured into. Because when you look at it, man, the generations that have been lost to the penal system, it's amazing to me how so many brilliant minds are locked up and we don't have anything else to reform. So, But I don't think that's the parents' fault. I think that, like, I look at myself and I look at... Some of, I think sometimes back on the, some of the thoughts I had when I was 18 or even some of the thoughts I had when I was, like, 21. And, like, I, I laugh at myself, like, you know, like, wow, I was, like, really nuts. Like, so, you know, but I had great parents who instilled stuff in me. I just think that each individual person has to go their own road and has to learn certain things for themselves. Now, but... but I think, you know, I think we're going to discuss this later. I think that's when you can become a hindrance to your own self, like because of your own foolish thinking or your own, you know, not listening to people that came before you. And and that hinders you rather than your parents or the people around you. Well, yeah, that that is true. I, I think some people lack certain elements to, to growing up, and I, I hate to say it, I'm just going to be real about it. I think some people lack common sense when it deals, when it comes to a lot of things. You know, even regardless of what your parents tell you, that sense is not there. You know, you still get out there, they, they wild out, you know, and they, they make those bad decisions and, and it affects their whole life. Now, you do have certain situations where certain parents, um, like you said, even with your parents, you know, they install great, they instill great value, they instill a lot of things that can help you maneuver through life. But on the other hand, you got some parents, like Nick was saying, they so wide, you know, wide open with work or with drugs or whatever their problem may be that they don't install, you know, install these things in these kids. And, and, it, and it, it really hinders them from being who they are because, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, the potential of some of these kids, doctors and lawyers, what they could have been. You look at who they become in their present time, if their parents would have stepped up a little bit, would they have been better off? And, and I think if you're a parent out there, you know, you're dealing with kids, you can call in 718-508-9972 and let us know some of the things that you're doing to prevent your child from being a failure, a quote-unquote failure, you know. What are some of the things you're doing? Yes, can I give you a, a man right. a story that's kind of like an example of that? Okay. All right. Well, you guys know that I was in Daytona um, the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, doing this event. I met a guy down there, um, older guy in his 80s, and uh, he was telling me a story um, basically about where he grew up. You know, where he grew up, there were, you know, it was, a, of course, during the time that he grew up, him being 80. You know, racism, open racism was very, it was widely accepted, almost a mandate. Right. And he was just saying that his best friend growing up, he came from a military family. Well, you know that more often than not, people in the military family, when you have to serve, when you serve with so many other races and so many other races are responsible for saving your life, you kind of look at things a little different. He said that his best friend when he was a kid was a, a, a black kid. It was actually... And the kid was the poorest kid in the neighborhood. 
And right. his other friends used to always jump on, why are you why are you friends with that nigga and this and that and this and that and he's poor and he's this and he's that and he's this and that and he told me he said that he grew up being the poorest kid in the neighborhood. The kid grew up being the poorest kid in the neighborhood. Now he's the president of a college. Wow. The kid the white kid that was the richest kid in the neighborhood, had the richest family, he's in jail now for murder. Wow. And it, wow. it opened, it kind of opened my eyes to kind of catch his perspective of it. He was like, the thing about it is, you never know what's in somebody's mind. You never know what's in somebody's heart. And they can have as many opportunities given to them as possible. And as adults, even if you go, like, for me, the one thing I'll say, when I was a kid, I used to be, I used to be mad at my mom. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And she don't let me do nothing. I can't go anywhere. And then on top of the fact, I can't sneak out because everybody in the city knows her. So <laughs> I'm going to get caught. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. All my friends, they could stay out as late as they wanted to. I was just like, man, everybody cool except for me. Right. And the funny thing is, is that almost on a daily basis, every last one of them, or either through Facebook or text messages, they hit me up, man, how's your mom doing? Man, I sure do miss your mom's advice. Man, you right. sure were lucky when you grew up. And there were things that later on in my adult life, I was like, well, what was this really about? What was the hype into this? But I realized that because of what was presented to me by my mother, that I could go into those situations with a sound mind, not just open, oh, what's this thing exciting? Let me get in trouble with this. You know, and I appreciate it now. But it was still a decision of mine, you know. Right. And it's just like you said, that peer pressure is hard. The peer yeah. pressure is there. The peer pressure to do drugs, the peer pressure to drink, to have female sex, to do to do whatever. And you're you're always not you you can make a million you're gonna make a million mistakes in your lifetime. True. The problem comes in when you just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. That's when you're in your own way. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you, man. Because I mean, just like you, I had that same scenario, man, where I felt like. You know, I felt like, man, why is she holding me back from from experiencing life? And, and like you said, even with making those mistakes, man, I still got out there, you know, against what she told me to do. And I'm, you know what? I tell my kids all the time. I remember one time my mom told me not to go swimming. I was living in D-Land, Florida. D-Land, Florida. And my mom mm-hmm. told me not to go swimming. And me being just a hard-headed little nappy-head boy at that time, just, okay, you know, she went to work. And uh, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, uh, man, I'm going to see if I can get out here and go swimming because I'm a little friend going swimming. So I got out there to the pool, man, and at this particular center, man, uh, you know, they gave free lunch and all that. And me not really, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I am not a very good swimmer. <laughs> As the majority of us black people are, I hate to stereotype us like that, but, you know, a lot of black people can't swim. But Well, that's a medical thing. I'll get into that in a later time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, last so, time we were in water, we ended up in America. So, you know, you we got to be in But basically, man, I ate that little sandwich, jumped in the pool, man, that's called that's a cramp, and almost drowned. I basically I went unconscious, man, and little girl, this uh, lifeguard pulled me out, brought me back, man. And from that day forward, my mama told me not to do something. I chilled out. <laughs> but would you like you going back to like today's topic? So would you say that you know who is the hindrance? 
Was it yourself or was it the people around you, like your friends? Oh, it was or? me on that one. It was me on that one. Whole it was just me all the way on that one. Um, but I've I've seen situations where I've had friends that. You know, when we were younger, man, it was very intelligent, but they had to hide it because of the people that we hung around. You know, they they had to dumb themselves down just to hang with the quote-unquote crew. And that's when you're looking at a situation where your your friends are basically your hindrance. And I think that, you know, even... That ne- that never goes away. Um, I I know that you a lot of people still struggle with the fact where you know being who you are or being great, you know, because it it's not easy. And and a lot of people to even grown people that I know, you know, hold back on themselves just because they want to feel accepted by others. Right. Right. Well, you know, we're gonna get into that right after. We're gonna go ahead and take us a uh, break right quick. Right now, we're going to get into our second song of the day, and, you know, we're going to talk about our co-workers, Jen. You know you've dealt with some crazy co-workers. I've dealt with them in my time. Nick, you have also. Well, after this break, we're also going to talk about our co-workers. So if we can get a bit more into our friends. If you want to talk about the parents, you can dial 718-508-9972. Or, um, you know, like I said, after this break, we're going to get into all that. And also, uh, our web chat is up, so you can log on to Blog Talk Radio forward slash the middleman and uh go ahead and click on that web chat we're web chat we're good on that our second song of the day is by jill scott and it's called hate on me you're listening to the middleman talk show on blog talk radio hey we appreciate every one of y'all that's out there right now check it out
that was Jill Scott with Hate On Me Haters. A lot of haters out there. A lot of haters out there everywhere. Everywhere you go. If you're just tuning in, you are live on the Middleman Talk Show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin. Uh, today we have our co-hosts, Ian, Jen, and Nick Eaton. Uh, we are without our man, yeah. um, Mr. Allen, bow tie, sweater vest, wearing velvet. He's not in today. Mr. Late Great. Mr. Late Great. Today we are talking about, am I in my own way or are you my help or my hinderer? Some of the things we talked about earlier were, you know, some of the things that can prevent you from becoming successful and what stops you from accomplishing your goals. You know, these things consist of parents, friends, co-workers, which we're going to get into now, in our community. Um... If you would like to get in this conversation listening to us on the web, you can dial 718-508-9972. I know everybody named Mama got free weekends on their phone. And uh, before we get into this, and I want to mention something about the phones, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but did y'all know AT&T bought T-Mobile? Yeah, I think I read something about Huh? I ain't hear you. What? For $39 billion. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And, and, and I, I feel sorry for every T-Mobile customer out there right now. AT&T But they're sucks. already used to it because T-Mobile sucks. AT&T sucks. The most yeah, AT&T is much worse than T-Mobile. I want to give a shout-out to our man, Doug G, on our web chat over there and also to our guest uh, that's listening in via the Internet. If you want to get in the conversation, you can dial 718 Nine nine seven two. Now today we are talking about Are you my help or my hinderer uh, Last segment we talked about The parents, friends, peer pressure Different things that will stop someone from accomplishing Their goals Now right now we're about to get into workers Co-workers in our community Y'all know I, I, I'm not even tripping on the fact that co-workers y'all But I'm, I'm looking at the fact of some people And I'm going to keep it real now, I'm guilty of this I'm very guilty of this. When I was younger, I worked at a particular place, and I would consider it, I worked there too long. Everybody I know that worked with me quit and went on to better and bigger things. And I just stayed there, you know, going with the old dialect of, you better keep your job, you know how they used to do back in the day. You better keep that job. Don't get rid of that job. And and I think we're all in that situation right now with the job market being the way that it is. Uh, You know, we can hold on to something so long that it can hinder our progress. You know, we just cleave on to it and we're stuck. Now, some coworkers, you know, I only worked with them before. You moving rapidly fast in the workplace and they want to stop you from getting that promotion. And then you have those that don't mind trying to help you get up because they know the potential. They know who you are. Have you guys ever dealt with anything of that nature? Well, I have. And I I have to say that I can't blame anyone but myself. Even when there's coworkers that try to, you know, I guess deter you or to discourage you. But it's me. It's me. It's me being afraid to let go. And, And you have to take responsibility for your own self. I know in my job, you know, I'll say personally, if anybody knows me, they know that my job is a crazy, like the, one of the craziest jobs in life. 
and it's stressful. It has affected my health. It, it has affected my personal life. And it's up to mm-hmm. me whether I change that or not. Speak on it. Speak on it. Thank yeah, you. Sorry, everybody that listening right now, they know. They, everybody knows. I, I, I'm always on Jen about this because she works so hard. She works so hard for them. Like she really goes in. She's terribly unappreciated. So I keep it going. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, and like all my friends are clapping right now because because right <laughs> now <laughs> I have it. The first step is admitting it. It's me. It's me that. You know, people out there, if your job is stressful and you can do something else, like, I know the economy is bad. And I'm, I'm, you know, preaching to myself right now, you know, don't be afraid to, to say, you know what, I, I'm going to put me first. Well, you know, Jen, I mean, I, I agree with you on that because, I mean, some people, they'll sit up there, you know, and I know the economy, but, you know, some people are so, um, you know, just well, they want to be stable, man. They're looking for stability. And they're going to keep in those jobs, even though I read something, an article maybe a week ago or so that said that people are uh, more miserable at the jobs that they're at now opposed to being unemployed. Because you got some people that will sit up there and, and, and stay on those jobs and just be miserable as hell. And in my opinion, that's a very much of a hindrance as far as what your potential could be in life. And, and I know there's a lot of books out there, self-help books out there, that can help you get to another level as far as, you know, thinking. Because some people will sit up there and, and keep themselves in that same position, that same spot, because it's comfortable. And Not only comfortable, but with the economy the way it is and and the job instability in America now, a lot of people, including myself, is afraid to say, you know, forget it. I'm just going to go and quit my job and do something else. Like, especially when you have a stability in your life, you know. Right. So, you know, who's the hindrance? Is it the economy? Is it my financial situation? Is it, you know, it's, it's hard to say. It's Most not so cases, black and no, white. No, it ain't hard to say. I mean, shoot, you trying to... I mean, you think about it. You're trying to pay your bills. You're trying to stay up on on what you need to stay up on. But like I said, even in my scenario from back in the day when I was younger, even though the job market wasn't as bad, you know, I went with the philosophy that was taught to me as a kid. Keep that job. Keep money coming in. And basically, I stayed there too long. I think I prevented myself from doing certain things that I could have done. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, go ahead. You want me to keep it real for a second, man? Run it. You know what our problem is, and I can't speak for I. I'm not speaking to the people that are married right now. Okay. I'm not speaking to the people that are married with children, because you are not at this point. You're not. It's not about you. Right. It's not about you. It's about your family. Right. I'm speaking to the single people when I say this. Okay. We get too caught up in comfort. See, we're not a, we're we're too afraid to sacrifice for a bigger picture. We're so now oriented. We're holding ourselves back on that. You want to look at statistics? Eighty percent of Fortune 500 companies were founded during a recession or a depression. The fact these multi-million-dollar companies were founded by broke people in broke times. 
that said, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. We get caught up in comfort. It's nice to have the the, 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 the great job. It's nice to have, you know, the like I I, I put myself on last for for a second. Okay. I had a four bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Two cars. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Feeling very comfortable about myself. Right. Truth be told though, I hated that job. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice by standards. Yeah. It was nice by standards. The pay was nice. I could not stand getting up and going. I was so determined to 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 to, to live out this lifestyle or, per, or perception of what success is. Right. I was willing to sacrifice my personal happiness for it. Now, here's the funny thing about it, and this is why I am where I am about jobs. The company went under. Mm-hmm. The company went belly up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to work two and three jobs. Trying to keep up with that to lifestyle. To keep this lifestyle, to keep this nice, big, four-bedroom home. And I'm sitting there, and one day I realized, this is me. <laughs> What the hell do I have all this for? I got these enlarged utility bills. I got this overpriced rent. I got car insurance. Also, it's just, it, and, and for what? And knowing that there were other things that I wanted to do in life, that I could have taken that money and saved it to help okay. towards building my own business, because that's where, that's where I came from. You know, I was fortunate enough to where I had my grandmother. Uh-huh. She was an entrepreneur. You're talking about a black woman in the 50s with her own business. She worked for a, a man in his dry cleaners for, for years until she could right. build up the know-how. And she started her own dry cleaning business in you our neighborhood. You like the Jeffersons? Hmm? You like the Jeffersons? Shut up. I can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to think, a black woman in the 50s and the 60s doing it. You know, and so I had an example of yeah, you can do it. You got to step out there on faith sometimes. You can be at a job, and it's like I tell people all the time. Jen, I told you this. I tell everybody this. If that company goes under tomorrow, you don't have a job. You don't. Sometimes they don't give you one. Kev, you you and I know people that we knew that worked at TVT Records. Yeah. They didn't have any warning. They got to work on a Tuesday and had an email that said, you need to have everything out the office by 5 o'clock. If you die, that job is going to keep going. They're going to send a card. Some of them may show up to your funeral, but they already got your replacement train. True. You can't keep stressing yourself out for a place that in the grand scheme of it, you're just an option to them, and you're making them a priority. It's good to have a nice job, y'all. It is. It's great to have a... But don't let it be a hindrance. And especially, don't let it be a hindrance when you're at a job where it's almost impossible to work with your coworkers. Because, man, what you can't talk about? You can't about. hire or fire them. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that, Nick, man, because like you say, man, we just get that comfortable, and, and we stay in that position because, you know, like you said, we, we're trying to work for these things instead of working to live for the long bigger picture, you know, I mean, whoo, preach on, brother, because I'm going to be honest with you, right now, I hate my job, I hate it, and it's funny that we talking about this, day. I went to church today, man, and the preacher was talking about 
the same exact thing that we're talking about right now. Some people are scared to step out on faith and, and make things happen for themselves because, you know, we're so worried about how I'm going to be able to pay my light bill or, or all these cars I got or, or keep my house and all that stuff. And I've seen people that were able to make a way regardless of what was happening, man. And, you know, I don't want to get too much into religion and all that, but I've seen people that, you know what I'm saying, man, God made a way for them. I just say it like that. I know God made a way for them. God made a way for me many a times. And that's my preaching moment. You do, but it's, you know, that's easy, you know, it's easier said than done. And it's it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. You know, me personally, like on my job, I've seen a coworker die. You know, just have like a 32-year-old, you know, my coworker, we were working the night before, staying late. You know, I, I, my job is very stressful. And like at 32 years old, his heart bust. And, you know, I still go to that job. I still keep that job knowing what kind of job it is because it is hard just to let go and say, I'm not going to have any money. Hmm. I mean, like Nick said, when you dead and gone, you know, that place still going to be clocking and, and ticking, and we can mess around and keep ourselves there just for the safe, the safe, the sake of being safe. You know what I mean? Now, we can also, you know, get into our communities, and, and you know, I, I mean, I wish we can get a little bit more in-depth into a lot of these things, and if you're on the phone line, uh, you want to comment about anything we're talking about right now, you have your own experiences. You can dial 718 Five zero eight nine nine seven two because we definitely know some of y'all out there have dealt with these particular issues yourself. You know, you probably accomplished a lot of great things, or you were held back from great things. What are some of the things that you know you you held yourself back from, or things around you held you back from? Now, just dealing with our communities. Um, speaking of, and you know, I'm black. You know, I'm proud of it. I really? live. Uh, uh-huh. Shut up. I live in a mixed community, you know, uh, but the thing about it, man, I've lived in and been in and been around communities where, you know, that community, just the whole environment uh, holds the people back, the mentality. I've been in towns uh, where the whole mentality, it holds people back. I, I remember call a friend of mine and say, I'm from a town where it's hard to fly. And I hope y'all feel me when I said that. You know what I'm saying? They scared to live and open their wings up and really explore. I know a gentleman to this day that never left the county where he lives in. You know what I'm saying? We're not experiencing life. We're not experiencing what life is truly about. You know what I mean? And, you know, have y'all ever dealt with anything like that or, or just observed anything like that? Because, I, I, man, it, it's crazy. I remember, uh, yeah. I, I remember, I think one of the um, one of the, the turning points, I think, in my life, and I wish I wouldn't have listened, I was in school, and I was in college, and mm-hmm. I had auditioned for um, this Disney troupe, like, you know, really? of Disney actors, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I made the cut, and, um, and I told my mom, and she told me, you better not leave school. You better stay in school and that, you know, don't do that. But I always think about if I wouldn't have let her fear hold me back, like where would I be now? Well, see, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about parents. You know, I I love your mama, but that 
could have been a hindrance to what your future could have been. Yeah. But you look at it now like, dang, I should have done X, Y, and Z. But, you know, a lot of times, just in the area that our parents grew up in, the area that they grew up in, like I said earlier, when I was talking about my job where, you know, my mom told me, keep that job. Don't you quit no job unless you find another job, you know. And a lot of times we end up letting two years turn to four years, four years turn to ten years. And you look up, you'd have wasted all your good time working for these people. And you look back at it and be like, damn, what have I done? And, and I mean, I know it's a case of regret, and I know we've all had certain elements of regret in our life, but, man, I want to live. <laughs> I don't know about you two, but I'm trying to live my life to its fullest. I put it to you like this. I put it to you like this. Realize that for, that every job that you've worked for your current job and every job you will have in the future, it's, it was someone's dream. Right. So what makes them so different from you? That is the truth. All of them didn't have an extraordinary amount of education or, or a silver spoon in their mouth. Uh, hell, Ted Turner didn't get out to 10th grade. That's my favorite dude right there. He's dumber than a sack of rocks, but he's smart enough to make that multi-million dollar corporation. For everybody that's listening to us, when you go to work tomorrow, if you work for whether it's a small company or, or, or what, for the people that are in upper management up to the CEO, just think about how many times they go on vacation a year. True that. I'm not saying it's about vacation. I'm not. But you bust your ass year-round to make their dreams come true. And they pay you a fraction of what you're really worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not mm-hmm. the in there because they're not in their own way. But, so at that um, point, who are you hindering? Who's hindering you? You. You, but, but you have to look at, like, your core values. I think we were about to move on into, like, um, talking about how maybe your community hinders you. Um, Like your core values I think like we talked about our parents And how they instill these core values What do you do when your core Like you and your heart may say I'm going to step out on faith And and do what's best for me And not let you know my fears hinder me But when that's battling Your core values and your core beliefs That's that's a hard pill to swallow Yeah I mean that's cool But the core beliefs of our forefathers And grandparents had them staying on Master's Plantation. But somebody said, hey, I'm tired of getting whooped. I'm tired of getting beat down. I'm finna get about here. But when it's instilled in you, just take, let's take religion for example. Okay. Like, if it's instilled in you to believe a certain way, to to be a certain way in your religion, it's hard just to say, I'm gonna switch this off and, and be something else. That's understandable. I got a perfect example for you, Jim. When you went to college and you started experiencing things outside of your natural, just your order of things from growing up, it made you question and realize a lot of things that you believed at one time. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, you're right. So with that being said, like Nick said, sometimes you have to step outside of that circle of I'm stuck in this place right here and this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? This is what I know, and this is what 
you know, some things you're going to keep on because you're going to keep, you know, as far as your values that your parents taught you because it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. But then you have those that will be stuck and, and they living for somebody else. They're keeping themselves in that predicament because somebody else has installed or instilled this into you. And that doesn't make sense. And I do understand I do understand and agree with what Jen is saying. Mm-hmm. But I also think and, and not trying to get too deep on the because I know we have people that listen that are different religious faiths and everything. Right. Speaking from the Bible. If you look at the Bible and based on what state society is, Jesus was an outlaw. True that. He went against the status quo. He went against what the core values were. And he made people realize that no, what you're what you've been subscribing to all this time is not true. That there is a God up there who loves you and that cares for you and has given you life. And that's one of the main reasons he was killed because he was telling people things that the establishment didn't want them to know. And you're right, Jen, it's very difficult when you feel like you're conflicting with your core values, but then you also have to look at it like you've seen things like your parents have experienced things and they teach you based on their experiences. Mm-hmm. But you've seen and experienced things that your parents have not. Right. Am I correct? Go ahead. My mom tells me all the time, you know, because with my with my job, I travel all over. Like, I was just sitting there going through today. I was looking. I've been, in the last two years, I've been to almost every state with the exception of Hawaii and California, two states I want to go to. But <laughs> anyway, and she was like, you know, you've gone out and you've seen and experienced things and you've made a career in something that I didn't even think was possible. So you have to make a decision based on what's best for your life. You still keep those core values. They just adapt to a new situation. True that, man. True that. True that. Because, I mean, you, you, you're definitely right because a lot of times some people, you know, because of fear, they, 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 don't, they don't do a lot of things, man. And, and like, well, you know, some of the things we were talking about a little bit earlier when it's, it's dealing with our community, um, we have a lot of fearful people in our communities where, you know, they're so used to things being downtrodden and, and things not being the way that it should be. Um, they're sure to think that this is life. This is the way it is. It's like the gentleman I was talking about that never left his county. You know, this is life for them. You know, this is life for them. They don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? And, and the things around them help them keep that mentality. And that's sad to say. Well, now, and you can't, you can't necessarily blame them because let's, let's be honest about it. We're only 40 years removed from Jim Crow. Right. You have to think about it. Like when you look at our generation and how how blessed and how how lucky we are that in our youth, you have to think of at our parents' age, they were seeing oppression. We're seeing the nation's first African-American president. My mother didn't think that that would ever happen in her lifetime. She said she never thought that she would live. She said that she thought that when it happened, that I would probably be on my way to being a grandparent. Mm. But in her lifetime, 
he saw an African American. Like, so you have to think that what they experience at our age and younger, that they have a right to think that certain things are the way that they are. Things are still, like I said, we're only 40 years removed, and there's still, there's still stuff happening every day. There's still True. things that bring us down every day. True. You know, so this is why they have those those. This is why they have those thoughts. It's just like that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. There are things that, that are taught in our community, that aren't taught in our community, that are taught. Entrepreneurship is not a big thing with us. Right. the board. No. It's not a big thing with us. It's go to school, get you a good job. Like, yeah. And get to know Jen over the last two years. I think Jen would have killed it in Disney. Yeah, she did love I also think it's she not too late. <laughs> But, the, but see, the good thing about it is, the good thing about it is, is that it's also not too late. There are opportunities every day. You have to seek them out. You have to pursue them, but there are opportunities every day. But we're all taught that. Look, this is what, you know, this is what you do. You go to school, you get you a good job, and you work that job until you retire. Yeah. No, 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 until you die. <laughs> so, so who's in, in our one thing that you touched on is like uh, that I think is very true that our community does not um they're not big on entrepreneurship and you know stuff like that we go to work for someone so is that our community holding us back or is that as this individuals holding us back community what do y'all because, guys think community because back in the day as you know like I know communities used to get together and teach each other or if someone had a weakness or something they would help fill that void that was back in the day Nowadays, it's all about the self, me, me, I, I, you know, everything is for me. They ain't worried about nothing else around them. They don't care about nothing but themselves. And, uh, you know, we, we're very... But selfish. is that community-driven? Is that a society-driven idea? Society or is that driven? an individualistic idea? It's all of the above. Yeah. It's all of the above. I mean, every, everything I factors into that right there. Um, you know, because if we were taught better, we would definitely do better. I know this for a fact. You know, if you show somebody better and they wasn't selfish and be more selfless, then, yeah, that, that definitely make, make sure that good things happen. You know what I'm saying? But as far as the community, things that we can't control, let's, let's talk about some things that we can't control. And this is one thing we didn't have in the description um, as far as our wives and husbands. Um, one thing that sparked this conversation was the fact that I felt like, and you know, you can agree with me or disagree with me. I felt like if Barack Obama didn't get Michelle Obama in his life, I don't think he would be president. I really don't. And I feel like you can either get some people in your life that will be your help to help you become the person who you are, and then you help you have some people in your life that will hold you back because of how they are and who they are. And I, I, I'm going to say this, I don't think it's Michelle Obama in particular. I think that he picked a person that supported his dreams, and he supported her dreams, and that was the person that was a partner with him. You have to pick, I think we touched on this last week, you have mm-hmm. to pick people, and, and ladies, we make this mistake all the time, where you have to pick people that support you you can't have a one-sided team and and you have to pick people that that give into your your dreams and 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 you have to give into theirs and if you don't you're going to crumble well, and they are going to become that, a hindrance but Jen, what about those that are not 
just directly doing that to you. You have some people that will sabotage you. You know what I mean? And they're not directly doing it. It could be their personality. It could be no, just no. how they how they care. There's some people things. that directly do it, Cavs. Huh? And and this is there's some there's some people that directly do it. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna go ahead and call one particular group of them out. And I get really sick and tired of it because it's hard for us to defend it as black men. You have a lot of guys who they don't want to see their girlfriends do better than them. Yeah, I, I, I agree they, with you. There have been many whether occasions. Whether they're afraid to lose yeah. them, whether yeah. they're afraid that it's going to hurt their ego, you have guys that they will do everything. Like they'll, you know, constantly demand, you know, all of their time away from work or whatever. They'll, you know, you have guys that will purposely get them pregnant to keep them from excelling in whatever they're doing at the time. Like, when we first talked about this, I went back and I was looking for the book Disappearing Acts. Remember, they turned it into a movie. It had the book uh, is much better than the movie. Snipes in it. So what? The book is much better than the movie. Yeah, the book is much better than the movie. It, it really is. But if you look at the underlying theme, like they had to get away from each other in oh, order yeah. to really get it together. He couldn't. The guy couldn't get it together. She and, was and trying I think, to get it together. Mm-hmm. But she was so into him. You know, he's like, please, don't no, just do. And they, they had to get away from each other. And I think that goes back to where my mother always told me, can you save someone that's drowning? What happens when you jump in the pool and try to save a drowning person? They're going to jump on top of you and bring you down, and you'll end up the one that's that's drowned. And I think that... You know, y'all talking from the negative... I mean, not the... But that, I mean, it's, it's really a negative connotation. But no, not not even that, Kevin. I think okay. that emotionally too. If if you're not emotionally able to hold yourself afloat above water, I can't hold you up. Now we can hold each other up, and exactly. I can help you get to the shore, and you can help me mm-hmm. get to the shore. But I can't drag you along. Now and whether that, that's that, that's, that's, that's my not, point. That that's exactly what my point is. You have some people that are great at helping the other person hold themselves up. You know what I'm saying? They great at that. But then you got some that, you know, you pedal into that shore, but shit, they only using one arm. They let the other one rest and rest while you doing all the work. And you're gonna drown. Even even if you find someone who Jealousy, like you can have a man that's that's not secure in his woman, like jealousy is his hindrance. If this and that I can't support you emotionally financially we can't support that but we can support each other and i think a lot of times especially us ladies we get into this you know we're a lifesaver mode we're gonna jump in and we're gonna be a lifesaver but life has enough baggage of our own like we gave several examples today where we talk about how we're our own hindrances now if i'm if i'm carrying around my things that i'm trying not to let myself be a hindrance to me I can't save you. To you can't take on somebody else's yeah. and try to help them with theirs. You're right. It has to be a mutual thing. It has to be a mutual thing. But in all cases, it's not mutual. I still believe that some people, like y'all said, it could be that husband that don't want his wife to go back to school. I, I know of cases of that because they worried about if she get intelligent, she going to leave him. Or if she make more money, she going to leave him. And it, it may not, it, like I said, it may not be a direct thing that they're doing to say, you know, you got some guys that will verbally tell a woman, hey, 
you're not going to school. You know what I'm saying? But, but then you got some point, guys Kevin, that will, will, will do certain minute things to stop her from getting that education. No, but at that point, it does not become the other person as, as a hindrance. When you figure out this person is not willing to help you get to the shore, they're not willing to, you know, hold, you're not, they're not in the team of holding each other up, you need to cut that person off. And if you don't cut that person off and you keep trying to drag them along, then it's you that's hindering you. It's not them mm-hmm. any longer. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still looking at the fact of, I would like to see more people get involved with people that are that will help them because, you know, life is hard. And, and I'm talking from a couple standpoint. You know, when you do have that mate that don't mind, you know, like, I remember the first time, I, I mean, and, and it's sad to say, and I really recognize it at this particular time. I, I know this particular couple, it's a white couple. He was like, yeah, man, me and my wife, you know, we're trying to get, you know, go back to school, you know, get a couple of degrees. What I'm doing right now, I'm working. While she go back to school, she don't have to work. She don't have to do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, when she gets finished, she's going to take all the bills, and I'm going to go to school. Now, in our community, I'm going to be straight up with you, and I hate to, to generalize us like this. Black women ain't going to do that. Some yes, black they women, would. Some yes, black they women would. ain't going to do that, Jen. Some of them would not. Yeah. Even take all these bills on while you trying to think you're going to be chilling and going to school. Yeah. Let me say this. And this may be surprising coming from me. Yes, they will. No, they will. Man, come on, man. This, if you found a, a brother that was willing to be, I say this all the time, and this is my, this is me, and I will say this if you know my friends and stuff listen out there for me. A lot of the time, I I make the mistake of I don't find that you know that person that's willing to be that partner with me. I'm the one that's trying to be a team, and I end up being a team by myself, and that's Jennifer hindering Jennifer. A lot of times, you know, a, a lot of women have this problem where, you know, we just try to save these men and, and do all these and be partners with people who aren't partner material. And that, that's not the, the man's fault. That's the woman's fault. Well, hold on. We got a caller. Let's see what this caller has to say. Eight one six. You're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Hi, y'all. This is Naomi. Hey, what's going on, girl? Hey, um, I actually wanted to talk about that last point where we were uh-huh. saying that um, black women won't, you know, take care of the household financially while someone goes back and pursues their education or their degree. I want to say that's totally false. Uh-oh. Because my aunt is doing it. She has been doing it for the last three years with her husband. My best friend is doing it while her husband is pursuing his dreams of, you know, going into athletics. And oh, about these I couples. Would, um, my aunt is in her early 30s. Mm-hmm. And my best, my best friend is the same age as I, which would be 26. Okay. I think people younger so, than you, and it's just an opinion. A lot of young black women, younger than you, some, will not support that brother because they worry that's about me. That's not true, Kevin. That's not I. true. Okay, we, we can't even this say that's true though. because because even much younger than me, they're not even looking at being married. So oh, I'm saying just, still just a, even just with their boyfriend, if they a couple. Well, you can't group black women into a group and say we are we don't we're not supportive of our men because uh, I know a lot of black women 
who are either supportive or want to be supportive to someone. Just because mm-hmm. they just don't have that opportunity to show anyone like that because there are so many men, whether they're black, white, yellow, brown, purple, out there who don't give that supportiveness back to to us women. So we don't get the opportunity to show that. And then also, I think that it depends on what kind of relationship you're in. If you're in a new relationship, or not even a new, if it's a long-term relationship that you don't, you haven't established that type of commitment with, then no, you probably won't because that's a long-term. It's a something happened currently, but it's for your long-term benefit. It's you two as a unit. Now, in my current situation, it you know someone would say, hey. I want to go back to school or I want to go and pursue a career that I won't get paid as much as I currently do right. or I want to pursue some, you know, startup, then there will be some discussion about it and then we say, okay, let's go. But you can't say that for everybody. I, didn't, I, I, think I don't it, want to do a I lot of things. I think it comes down to, black honestly. Women, there are a lot of black women that are not supportive. There are a lot of black men that are not supportive and it's, it's amazing that y'all don't want to just really fess up to it. I mean, it's the reality of our community. Now, we're not we're not disagreeing with... What was that? We're not disagreeing that it doesn't happen at all, but you can't blank and state it either. Nah, I, I correct that. I some, I some, I say some. Uh, hold one okay. second. Look at it like this. We caller right here that want to get into this conversation. Hold one. Stay on the line, okay? What? All right, now. Caller, 662812, you're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? What's going on, Kev? This Hammer, man. What's up, Hammer? I can't call it, man. I had to jump in on it. All right, ready. Uh, this this whole hindrance thing, I'm just listening to the lady here talk about uh, a lot of black women don't have the opportunity to express their support of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not trying to bust any balls, but I got to say it like it is, okay? Most of us today, especially in our 30s, if you belong, the younger than that, the game has changed so much. And people are so, so selfish. It's not like it used to be where a woman would stand by her man. Most right. black women, I'm not saying all, but most, all they want to do is hold a uh, remote control anyway. Right. You see, instead of being supportive, they're trying too hard to wear the pants. Exactly. And, and when you're in a relationship, a lot of women get into a relationship with a man, and knowing that man is not so much as up to standards, if that person is not up to standards, when you get in that relationship, you can't expect that person to change later on. Mm-hmm. That's the same as going to say, why would you buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? When it comes to choosing a, a partner for a relationship, you need to have a criteria of what you are looking for. But you don't go out there looking for more than what you can offer back in return. This is where a lot of us seem to mess up in a relationship. We get with somebody with expectations. But like I said, the game has changed. And expectations don't amount to a whole lot. A lot, especially a, a lot of women, and, and and black women uh, are coming up more in a selfish manner as to wanting what they want when they want it. Yes. And as far as as far as having the opportunity to express supportiveness, 
let me let me throw this out here. Why, Go ahead. as a whole, uh, and I want one of the ladies to answer this for me because this is one of the biggest mysteries to me. Why, when y'all given the opportunity to uh, show supportiveness, as soon as that that good man that you you, you come across don't uh, do what you want him to do, or that remote control to him doesn't work anymore, you go and find somebody else. That's way less supportive and productive than the man that you had in the first place. But they tend to stick with that man. So I want one of the ladies to explain that to me. Because the opportunity is out there. But as as far as uh, us men, I, I got to say, we have a tendency to not appreciate a good woman when we come across one. But as for my, my black women, my beautiful black women... Y'all have a problem with not recognizing a good man when he when he right in front of you. Miss Miss Naomi, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I want to know, especially all of our callers out there, we need to open up a dating service because where are all these men at? Where are they at? Because please, somebody show one to me. Please, someone put uh, one I, in my I face. Like this, Jim, they don't always look like Boris Kojo. That's 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 why y'all a lot of times skip over them. They don't always look like Jamar Moore. They don't always look like Morris Chestnut. Am I still on here? Yeah, you on there. Oh, Go ahead, yeah. Naomi. Oh, okay. Um, and you know what? I'm glad that we're talking about this because no. And what I've learned in my past experience is the first person hollering, "I'm good, I'm good, I'm good," usually isn't good. Mm-hmm. And as we're saying, they're not always going to look like Boris Cujo. I'm not always, you know, a good one ain't going to look like Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle yeah, Union ain't a good one, though. How many dudes <laughs> she was messing around with and that was married? I'm just saying. Don't get out. I said look like. <laughs> no, this is the thing about it. Let, let, let's keep it real for a second. You have women out there that will support that man when he's trying to do that. But here's the problem that I have with men, and I, I have this problem. I'm not saying that this is the one, but this is what I see. The problem I have with men is that you have a lot of dreams. You have this quote-unquote potential, which I really don't like that word, but you don't have any action behind it. If you're not getting off your ass every day trying to make that happen, if you have a dream, that's fine. Martin Luther King had a dream, but he had a plan, too, and he got out there and he did it. They're saying, oh, I'm going, you know, I want to do this, I want to do this. Okay, but what are you presently doing? And a woman will get behind a guy that she sees is making that effort. And I agree, and I must say this, I have told men that I've dated, I don't have a problem with being submissive, I don't have a problem with following you, but I'm sure as hell not going to follow you up Fool's Hill. Now, if I see that you uh, leading me up Fool's Hill, yes, I'm going to say something, and yes, I'm going to go right back down the hill where I belong. And so, I, I just, a lot of guys want you to be this and that and that, but like just Nick said, they talk the talk, but they're not out there walking the walk. And uh, ladies aren't going to put up with that. They're, they're just not. Hold on for one second. Let me finish. Let me finish. There's two sides to it. Let me get the other side out because there's two sides to it. The reason I say that is because you have to understand that as men, we meet a lot of women that when they do meet us like that, they want us to automatically be where we are. Where we want to be instead of in the process. They want us to be at the end result. Well, hold on one second. And they don't know the. Hey, we got another call. Let's see what this call has to say. Caller 846 live on the Middleman Talk Show. Hey, this is Pete Smitty, man. What's going on? 
Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, what are you doing, man? All right, what's good, man? You got a comment? Yeah, I got a comment. Sorry if I had an alarm clock going on back there. Yeah, we had to turn that off. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I heard part of your conversation. When y'all talk about hindrances,
to do that. And and that's when you become a hindrance to yourself when you don't have that courage to cut that person off and to go and, and, and really save your own life and to save your own self. Okay. I I agree to an extent. But just like you said, we do need to start with state and service because where the hell are a lot of these women at? Just like it's just like it's some sorry ass men out there. It's some dead dogs, sorry ass women roaming out there. You know, I I have a ton of single friends. You know, we need to do a dating show and hook all these people up because. But you know what? But you know what? Thing about it is, this is what you got, and I I had to realize this a long time ago. Just because, because people can come off fake to their friends too. And just because you think they're good, that does not mean that they're good in a relationship. You have a lot of women, and I don't like to limit it to areas, but I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and you have a lot of women that are on this instant gratification thing. They are. You got a lot of men like that, too. But you do have a lot of women that are on this instant gratification thing. And a lot of times, I've seen instances where they bring the men that they are with down, the men that are actively working towards their goals. They are that hindrance Mm -hmm. to Prime example, I'm not being funny, but you think about somebody who may have dated Tyler Perry two years before his plays took off. Feeling sick. They probably sit around looking sick. The thing about it is, when, when, and I, I don't, I'm not going to say I hate to get, get religious with it, but the truth of the matter is, it is what it is. When your increase comes, that's not on your timetable. I always tell people, if you ever want to hear God laugh, tell him your plan for your life. All you can do is you can work towards it. When the time is right for it, that's when it's going to happen. But in the meantime, it's just like you said, Jen, you can't let people bring you down. That includes family, friends, relationships, jobs, anything. You can't let it bring you down because at the end of the day, you got to answer. You have to answer for why you didn't make the most of the life that you have. Hmm. True. Man. Well, hey, if you guys are just tuning in today to the Middleman Talk Show, we greatly appreciate you guys. Today we were talking about, are you my help or my hinderer? Throughout a lifetime, people experience different trials and tribulations. They can either help you become successful or prevent you from accomplishing your goals. These things can consist of parents, friends, coworkers, your community, your school, or even your own choices. Who is influencing your destiny, you or the people around you? They also talked about the relationship side of it, too. Also, it could be your husband or your wife or your potential mate. So I hate we got so late into this conversation on that end because, I mean, a lot of people had a lot of energy behind that right there. I want to thank uh, Naomi for calling in, my man Helmer, my guy that was talking about smoking the bear. Hey, that was a great analogy right there. He brought back some memory with that uh, that Dragon Helmer. Quest game right there. I mean, the Dragon Quest cartoon. And uh, if you guys get the opportunity... I want you to go back and check out our show, Mr. Boring versus Mr. Excitement. That's on the same line of some of the things you guys were saying. So go to Blog Talk Radio, download that show right there, and also go back to our show back in the day. We were talking about some of those old cartoons and all those different things like that. Right now, we're about to get into our talk of the time with our man, Nick Eaton. Are you ready for that, sir? Always. All right, this is Talk of the Time with our man, Nick Eaton, on Blog Talk Radio, The Middleman. Y'all check it out. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. 
Bill Cosby cusses out Russell Simmons. Bitch, please! You better recognize... The beef between hip-hop mogul Russell Simmons and legendary comedian Bill Cosby heated back up this weekend at the Jackie Robinson Annual Awards Center. In the past, Simmons has spoken out against Bill Cosby's criticism of hip-hop artists. According to Simmons' recent blog on Global Grind, when he spotted Bill at the dinner this past weekend, he wanted to apologize, but things didn't go as planned. I wanted to find him to apologize, to tell him that I was sorry about my statement, and to tell him that I loved him. Suddenly, I turned and he was behind the curtain and I said, I love you. And he responded by saying, get the F out of my face. DailyMail.com reports, hip-hop star Wyclef John has been shot in his native Haiti on the eve of presidential elections in the Caribbean islands. Someone please call 911. The singer was blasted in the hand just after 11 p.m. Saturday night and was rushed to the hospital for treatment. Tell them I just been shot down. It is unclear who the gunman was. Wyclef was treated in the hospital and was later released following the attack in the city of Del Mas, just outside the capital of Port-au-Prince, the star's spokesman said. Details of the shooting remain unclear, but John, who lives in the U.S., is a high-profile supporter of presidential candidate and fellow musician Michael Martelli. This is your man Nick Eaton, and this is the Talk of the Town. You're stupid for that, man. Wow. Like, Bill Cosby is really sad. Like, someone needs to control him. Like, he's... Wow. If I get old like that, make sure you guys don't let me go talking. Nah, I hope somebody let me loose and just let me act a fool. No, you're the one that I'm going to make sure that you do not make any public statements out of a, after a certain age. Oh, Lord. You, you know, my filter is already gone halfway now. Imagine when I get sick. But Bill Cosby doesn't say what we don't say in the comfort of our home about our people already. No, the last couple of CNN specials with Bill Cosby. No, the last couple of CNN specials with Bill Cosby, he was acting a little senile. He needs to be controlled. Hey, but, uh, Something is wrong with Bill, y'all. Something wrong with Bill. (laughs) But once again, we would like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Middleman Talk Show. This coming up Thursday, please tune in for Talk of the Town with our man Nick Eaton. You can go to our blogtalk.com site, forward slash the middleman, and get info on that. Also, we have a Facebook page. Make sure you click the like button on our page, L-I-K-E, like button on our page. And tell a friend about our show. You know what I'm saying? We trying to grow over here. Hey, shout out to our man Doug G with tuning in. Why you so mad? Radio Demon Dog. Our man Black Man 37. Everybody that was up on the web had all the guests that were popping in and out. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you tune in for another exciting episode of the Middleman Talk Show coming up this Sunday. Uh, 30 gonna, years Huh? He was old during the Cosby Show. That was 30 years ago. Man, you still talking about Bill Cosby? <laughs> <laughs> Man, hold up. Why are y'all surprised? Hold up, hold up. That is the first the time Nick got the button. It's going down, and Nick got it. <laughs> <laughs> you took Harry Trumpet to the farm. Why are y'all supposed to do? The middle men shouted, Big Crick shouted. Now I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for? Go take a listen time out. Take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, yeah. Come in on 
on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a wheel to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man because he was dying to wreck shop. Every Sunday, tune in, go live, 6 p.m., blog, talk, radio.com, the middle me. Hey, what's happening, the middle me? Hey, what's happening, the middle me? Hey, what's happening, blog, talk, radio.com, the middle me. And you and Bill Cosby. Man, Bill Cosby will put a gentle pudding pop. Man, don't I mean, the first thing he bought with his comedy check was his freedom. Like, he's old. <laughs> I need that dude long, man. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep it real with you. He do say some real stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah, but he say some senile stuff, too. It's, it's time somebody needs to just, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. He, he might be a little touch. But a lot of times you need that touchness. You know what I'm saying? To have somebody say some real stuff. You know what I'm what I'm tripping on though with him? If he do get to that point where he get ultimately senile, ultimately senile, then we're gonna have to shut him down. When he starts talking about some stuff that like we still slaves or something, then he gotta go. He be having some what do you call that man? Uncle Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ru- yeah, he be having yeah, Uncle some Ruckus moments hated like that. Black, he hates black people. Yeah, but but yeah, Bill Cosby be having some of them moments sometimes. <laughs> Oh, you niggas! <laughs> well, y'all make sure y'all tune in for another episode of the Middleman Talk Show. Uh, next week we'll have our Buckethead co-host Al back. We're gonna have another exciting show for you guys. Please tune in. Hit that like button. Appreciate your hammer. Know you out there still listening, baby. Appreciate you, baby. Tell somebody to tell somebody about the Middleman Talk Show. And we are. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.